0: Welcome back to the motherfucking... It's still Burn the City, of course. Until this shit is all over, it's going to be Burn the City. You feel me? But we're back, episode 14. I didn't even check to see what NBA player wears 14. I'm about to Google that right now. But in the meantime, Kenny's going to let you know well, who he is, <laughs> how his week has been. <laughs> I'm
1: even trying to think about who the hell wears no 14, but I don't know. I'm going to let you do that research. Uh, you already know, man. It's your boy. Tenny, a.k.a. twin four K back on set. And um, yeah, man, we're about to just bring you the latest and greatest. What's going on in the world? Of course, like you said, man, we know straight vibes, burn the city. Cause the world is on some shit right now, for real. Like it really, really is on some shit. I wanna say it's getting better. Um, it looks like it was getting better, and then immediately, of course, the the other side they gotta like lash out even harder. So, you know, we, we got a lot of bullshit going on in the world right now and I'm going yeah, with. Uh, I'm sorry. fourteen? I didn't mean to cut Joe. Nah, uh, yeah, nah, that's all good. Because I'm, I'm actually thinking about who's fourteen still. So I'm, I'm like going. I'm I'm going I have to
0: look up. I'm going with the good brother, Gerald Green. Joe Green, we are on the uh, Gerald Green episode. So high flying, nothing but threes, dunking when I'm missing <laughs> half of my ring finger. That shit is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, yeah. Nah, actually, He's a dog. Yeah. yeah. Nah. Yeah. He he, he be missing half
1: his ring finger when he was playing on the Suns, bro. I used to think he was like. The next coming, I was like, "Yo, this team is so deep." When they used to be like a little, yo, 18, that 40. weird like
0: 13-14 team when they were like kind of competing yeah. for eight. They had this, yo, exactly. It was well, well, I think Eric
1: Bledsoe was Bledsoe. Wait, oh, no, was Bledsoe wasn't Bledsoe? on that team, was he? Oh, hold on, let me I see. Gotta actually, yeah, no, I think yo. Bledsoe was on that team. You had a uh, uh, Gerald Green. Was, like the
0: last year with Hornacek. What did they do? They finished forty. Yeah. And uh, oh you know who was on there Goran Dragic he was on that
1: team, Yo, that it was, team Eric was Bledsoe a dog. It Goran
0: Dragic Channing Frye Archie Goodwin Gerald Green Alex Len, the Morris Twins Miles Plumlee PJ Tucker Ish Smith Leandro Barbosa yeah, yeah. now that team was deep you see because Leandro then he went
1: to Golden State and that's when they started killing because yeah. they, they had Leandro they yeah, had look, uh, AI
0: what they try to call him the LeBron stopper yeah, <laughs> but you know, yeah. but he makes he makes Houston small ball work. So you know, he yeah, no, nah, I mean, I, I respect him. You know, the he Morris definitely were better back then. They were way better. Yeah, I, that's what I thought they were way better.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know what? He he was a dog, definitely. Like definitely on the Suns, like they were they were a threat. Like they made their name for themselves on the Suns. Like I feel like right now, um, who is it, Marquise or Marquise? I don't even know the difference between them, but Markeith whichever one is on the Clippers, could hook hoop for real. The one I on the Clippers is really really nice. I think that's
0: Marcus. No, Marcus <laughs> is in... No, yeah, Marcus is in LA. Markeef <laughs> is here. I'm, yeah, Markeith is in on the Knicks, I think. Was he? Is he? I don't remember. Um, Shit, you know. Know. I don't
1: know, yeah. but I guess what? Gerald Green, episode 14. You right, know, right, right, right. So anyway, for representing, exactly. you know, holding it down <laughs> for us. Yeah, we like, I'm like, yeah, we're about to go down the wormhole on that one.
0: Yo, oh,
1: man. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, man, like, but, yeah, it's it's crazy shit going on in the world, you know, with the whole black, Live, black Lives Matter movement just, like, in full swing right now. You know, everybody protests the city to city. Even today, there was a protest in my mm-hmm. city, you know, Staten Island. You know, they were protesting on Forest Ash. Shout out to, I think it was the Young Black Leaders. I think that's the name of the group. Okay, that, shout uh, out, whole like Yeah, you know, shout, shout out to you guys, you know, doing your thing on the island. Uh, Now hosted at least three different historical um, protests and like just week after week after week, which is incredible, you know, so, you know, everybody's just trying to do what they can. And, um, you know, we're trying to just uh, handle this thing together, you know, and move forward. Yeah. Uh, How was your week? Uh, My week was pretty good, you know. Uh, I actually started to go back into work full swing. You know, anybody... I obviously have been speaking on it throughout the podcast, but, you know, uh, throughout this whole ordeal, I've kind of still had to go to work because I'm deemed an essential worker. So, you know, going into work this past week has been full swing. A lot more work, a lot more hands-on. It kind of... I guess, you know, it occupies time because, you know, a lot of this quarantine, unfortunately has me feeling like time has just been passing by nonstop and you know, you go to bed, you wake up, you go to bed, you wake up. And um, you know, it's just like you get a real like I guess, um you, you get a like a lapse of reality. Like you don't you just feel like time is forever flowing and it's just a very strange feeling of just being locked in a house. So being able to be out, sometimes being like stuck in the office and having to stay there at least longer than two to three hours. Cause typically I'm not there long cause I can work remotely. So if I'm wor- working at my office, I'm in there maybe physically for like two to three hours. But this week it's literally been, you know, I might head in at 10 and, you know, I'm coming back home around like three or four, Like, you know what I'm saying? So like being out the house, getting that fresh air has been definitely, uh, it's definitely been a refreshing feeling for the most part. Um, at home, um, I have too many projects that I need to get into, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, a couple of break jobs. I need. I definitely need to do a break job on the BMW and uh, even on the Nissan. I mean, I got to get under today. I got to do another oil change job. I got to do a transmission flush. So I got yeah. tons of projects around the house to get into that. My ass has just been dragging. Uh, too busy online trying to play Warzone, getting my sad on, but then getting nice. I got my, I got a dinner uh, earlier. Uh, Was it this morning? Actually, earlier this morning, early, early. Okay. Uh, with the boy, walk. So you know, we we just been grinding on that. You know, and just improving the skill. You know, your boy is all right with that shit, man. Because my my ranking, you know, you could check out the ranking system and things like that. And you know, your boy is uh, across all statistics, top one percent in the world. You know what I am saying? So yeah, that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty dope. You know what I'm I, do, you know what I saying? am saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know Like your boy, your boy definitely uh, got some skills in that shit. And, you know, we just grinded on that. And that's pretty much been my week, though. Uh, actually, you know what? I don't want to let this slide because that will be uh, very, very foul of me. Shout out my homie Trunks, you know, my son. It was his birthday oh, yeah. yesterday. Nephew. yeah, You know, Yeah, bro, you know, two years, you know, my boy, you know, saying I never, I never, I don't even know. I never thought this would be me, man, because growing up, I never had a dog until about, you know, Until my sister got one. She went away to college, got a dog, and then came home after college. And then we had a dog. But me, myself, I never saw myself actually being becoming a dog parent. And, um, you know, my son turned two yesterday and, you know, got the best belly rubs and full bath and all that. So, you know what I mean? We animal lovers around here, man. Shout out my dog. Girl. Happy birthday, boy. I love you. Um yeah that was my week, brother. How about you? I, I didn't mean to be so long-winded, but no, no, no. What did you get into?
0: I like I like hearing people enjoy their animals, you know? Because you yeah. should like your your child before, well, depending on how your timeline goes, it's like another child, and you know, in a way that you do care for it. And I feel like some people just don't like like animals, but then to really love your animal. And you know, I I've grew up with animals, so I always have mm. I have a You know, my mom has, we have two cats and a dog. Like, we've always had mad in the crib. But so I I just fucking love animals. So I'm like, yo, like whoever's animal, I'm like, I got to get to know them. And genuine or generally or genuinely for the most part, like, I think animals know that I fuck with them. Cause like most of the time, like, I'll just give the dog a face, like, hey, like, oh my God. And the dog will just like start running towards me. And it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. dude. So it's always cool that like when I'm like, you know, nice to a dog, they're nice back to me um but not my my week was all right uh what the fuck did i do this week um you know just been applying for some (laughs) jobs maybe it's time to leave the bus uh, trying to dip on the other joint yeah i feel you trying to grind out and slide on (laughs) on it um so that i've been spending you know the last few weeks doing that uh what else um (laughs) i convinced everyone to get back on test (laughs) me (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, honestly, um, I feel like you did low-key convince, like, everybody, because, you know, I always see you tweet about it, and I don't even mean to cut you off there, but, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always see you tweet about it, and, you know, generally, whenever I see you on Xbox, you're typically playing Destiny 2, and I know you to be the Destiny 2 guy of all my friends, and, um, you know, like, definitely seeing a lot of the content that you post, and I see the things you like, and you quote... You know, it's always has me one eye open, but then like I've seen a lot of like a lot of clips recently had just been showing up on my timeline. So I've you know been retweeting some of them, and I'm like, yo, oh shit, I need to get back into D2. So you know, even me and Jock, we were actually just yesterday looking at different prices on the uh, I think it's
0: Shadow Keep expansion. So yeah, we gotta like download you that and wait for September for the hot new expansion. That's why that's how I convince everybody to come back. Cause I was like, listen, mm-hmm. the way they're doing it is that you don't have to regrind or grind for the older stuff anymore because it won't be mm-hmm. uh, as available like going forward in like more power enabled activities. So I'm like, you can still mm-hmm. get them, but like you're gonna be handed more and more things. So it's like you know, mm-hmm. the, a lot of the stuff that's the meta is gonna get phased out. So, but so, anyways, yeah, so. I convinced everybody to get back on because the new expansion does that. And they added like mad hot shit. But nah, yeah, I'm fucking I played the shit out that game. Like, I, I love the first <laughs> one. You know that we put mad hours into that. Yeah, we put hella
1: hours into D1.
0: I didn't get D2 when it came out because I, I fell off with it. Then they were like, oh, guns are just kind of static rolls. It's like, all right, th- that's kind of boring. But then I think I was mad bored one day and I saw it was it was like $20. So it's like, ah, eh, fuck it. And then, you know, like, I don't know what else to play and I bought it. And then from there, I just, I was like, oh shit. Yeah, and it's, it's still Destiny. Mm-hmm. But then at when, <laughs> when when D2 came out, or I mean when like the later DLCs came out and I actually, when I got it on PC, uh, yo, nah, the way you go hard at Warzone, I'm going go hard in this game. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, nah, you I remember when you were um,
1: tweeting, I want to say like a month or two ago, and I seen you were tweeting something like about your ranking system, I guess in PvP, and I like looked it up and I was like, yo, oh shit, that's like, equivalence of like being platinum or like a a gold one or like you know a really high pvp rank and i was like i see
0: i see my boy grinding i you you got the skills in d2 i respect it it's just one you know so so, but yes i just sink time into that but it's funny i balance it out um but yeah do that what else um started actually hitting the beats again because i did take like a few weeks break because you know all, all that shit that when it started up really hit me hard So I was like, you know, Mm -hmm. I definitely I I knew in my brain, like I have no creative energy because to me it would just I can't process like what I'm what I how I feel about everything into music. So I was like, all right, I got to give myself like a two, three week break. So but now Mm -hmm. I kind of hit it back. You know, I've just been listening to myself maybe be like, all right, maybe that's a sample or something. But but yeah, that's about it. Just doing the same shit. You know, we did the walk. We actually went to Prospect on Saturday um oh nice finally up. got to get some fresh air you know yeah. change up the scenery exactly and that was the first time stepping out other than for the protest and when we when we have to step out for food and stuff like that um mm. so that was just it, it was a little bizarre in the way that it's you know you're you're super paranoid about where you're going you know making sure you're socially distancing on the train because we had to take public transportation you know, when you're walking in the park, just making sure you're still... And you see everybody with masks, and it's just, like, this feels so weird trying to have a normal activity <laughs> with masks. You know? Like, it just feels so weird. Like, and you see everybody, and like, you know, like, hold on. Like, there's a, like a fucking pandemic. But, you know, like, we're mm-hmm. all trying to kind of make some sense of it by doing something that we normally would have done. And, like, and I'm mm-hmm. of the mind that, like, personally for me, I'm like, I... I've a, not necessarily a problem, but I feel so paranoid doing things that are trying to feel normal. Because in my mind, I'm like, I can't normalize this. Like nothing about this, I, I should feel okay doing. And that's just like my own how I feel about it. But I, I just feel like sometimes I'm like, no, I have to always know that it's a pandemic. Like I don't want this to, you know, no get normalized like the way a lot of shit like we become desensitized to. Like you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want this pandemic to feel like, eh. I don't ever want to do that. Like, there's no way I should just be like, eh, you know, it's just a pandemic, whatever. Yeah, you know, like, like, like what? you know, yeah, like not that, how it goes at all.
1: Actually, yeah, you know what? You speak on a very, very good point because I feel like this weekend, you know, with that, a lot of people had like really eased up, or you know, just the 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 optic of just you know the the current climate. It just wasn't there. Like, I feel like I saw a lot of people out. A lot of people not socially distancing the right way. Like, you know, when I'm looking at you guys, I know what y'all, I know what time y'all on. Like, y'all not playing. I know you personally. I know that, you know, how you're moving when it comes to protecting you and yours. Like, you wouldn't even, like, risk that. But, you know, when I was looking at certain pictures of certain people, places, like, you know, no mask on or... You know, some people just, like, in crowds. Some people was, like, barbecuing. I seen somebody had a pool party. I was like, bro, come on, son. Like, like, what? This is just... It's it's crazy. Like, you are... You know, and you really do look at them and say, okay, like, these are people that have normalized the, the, the pandemic. Like, they really don't have the fear. Like, they didn't lose loved ones. You know what I'm saying? They didn't see people who are actually affected or, like, directly have friends or family that was affected by coronavirus. So it's just kind of like, you know, that's so tone deaf. And, you know, I just really pray unfortunately, that they don't have to feel it or, or experience it for them to, to get learn it. that they shouldn't be playing Yeah, because I'm
0: telling you right now, it's, it's not going to be fun. The, man, numbers, I'm telling the, you, the numbers are not supporting enough. You know, they're, to me, mm-hmm. they're not supporting enough to say it's worth that risk because exactly. it's supposed to be what, phase one happened, right? It's supposed to be another two weeks or next week or two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Phase two, which is professional services for New York City. That's so many people. That's going to be a massive influx of people that now have to go back to work. And I want to yep. see those fucking numbers because b- Florida just broke the biggest, or just doubled like the amount of cases they had in a day. Yeah. Wasn't it like the
1: record for a, a single day? Like it, they it had like almost, the almost, almost 2,000 day. or something they like that. They were the that. ones that opened like up with the
0: fucking beaches and see, look how long it took for them to get those numbers. And I'm pretty sure the, I, I forgot her position, but it was a, a, I think she was like the leader of the department of health. But that woman in Florida Left that job because there she was like, Yo, they're telling me to fucking basically forge these numbers to be lower than they actually are. She's like, I can't do this. Like, this is immoral. No, I know. So that's it's immoral, like, you're seeing these illegal, numbers now like. after people reopening up. That that was a few weeks ago. That was like maybe a month ago. So when that shit opens back up, people are going to be like, Oh, see, uh, blah, 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 blah. You know, it, it wasn't that big of a deal, but boom, then you're going to see those numbers come up because it's going to take a certain amount of time for it to come back. Then you're going to see it's going to go back up and you're still going to have people recovering. But now you just got a, a, you know, a metric ton of other people. And so that the, the health care system's going to get overwhelmed again or even more overwhelmed than they were before. You got these people, you know, going six, seven, eight weeks without seeing their fucking families working 20 hours a day. And you're going to fucking put them through hell again because, you know, you're not practicing social distancing. I, I yeah, it's actually, extremely it's, selfish. Yeah. Not it's not that extremely it, selfish, I mean, it's, it's not worth it. I understand people want to yeah. move on with their lives, but you just to me, you can't do that in a situation where it, it it's more than it. This is the time to learn that it's more than just about you. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it's it's a it's a very good uh analogy, a real world analogy for hey, the choices you make can affect other people. So the choices you're making to step out and do X Y and Z, you might not feel the effects cuz let's say you get it, you're asymptomatic, you're good, you're doing all the shit that mm-hmm. you thought you were doing and boom and now you spread it to other people and you know, un- I hope unfortunately you don't have to realize that you might affect someone in a way that unfortunately they don't get through this. You yeah. know, based off of your actions because it could lead to that. So I just think, you know, you have to move with that kind of care because if not you know, you're being dismissive and I'm sure if somebody you knew died from it shortly after you would be pissed and you would take it seriously. I'm sure you yeah, would. Exactly. if your friend passed away from it, you'd be like, oh my God, this is, this is horrible. Then you'd start looking at these people, not social distancing and be like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like y'all not take it seriously enough. And I hope it doesn't get to that for a lot of people because they have to understand that shit. It's because once you get past that point, then it's too late. Then you're going to, you know, you can't go back from that. So, but yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, you know, you know, like, a lot of people, unfortunately, you know, they do just have to, they have to get that burn, you know, they have to be burned by the fire to learn their lesson, and, you know, like, it, it, it's one of those things where it's going to fuck everything up for the world, and, you know, I, I guess I I definitely have that uh negative, like, just insight or that negative, like, opinion about what's about to occur, but, you know, I can't say that, you know, we ain't all see this coming, you know, especially... You, know, you look at some of the shit even on Twitter, man. I was looking at a video. I seen an LES. Like they close the bar. So what do people do now? They they stack outside the bar and just get mm-hmm. drinks and sit on the curb and d- they all have masks on drinking in front of the bar in crowds. Like it's just so weird. And and it's so funny, you know, when you look at the skin tone of all the people that are doing that. You don't ever see it's not these, it's never black people like just stacked on LES in the corners doing all that shit. So it's just one type of person, you know. I'm not even gonna single anybody out. I'm gonna just let y'all go look for the videos yourselves. <laughs> and you know, you don't ever see no cops over there beating on them for breaking, um, for being too stacked up and you know, not social distancing. Cause the social distancing orders are still like in charge, like right, right? Isn't it like 10 people in a certain vicinity or you know, like it's like a certain distance that you guys all have to maintain? So on these narrow-ass blocks with all these bars and LES. You know, when you have, like, 200 people on the street. Why ain't no cops down there macing everybody and beating them up? Oh, because, you know, it's all that gentrified BS. That's why. So it's just, it's it's like an annoying situation that, you know, I just, like, I wake up every day and I'm just like, bro, I can't even believe this shit. I can't believe the state of the world. I can't wait for it
0: to just be over. Like, And it's like, mm. uh, and I don't mean to, you know, go too far on this tangent so we can talk about other shit, but it's my final note is just to say like, what is, you know, people are trying to go back to normal. Do you really want to go back to normal after all the shit that has happened in these last mm-hmm. basically six months? Like this, the, a lot, the shit that we've experienced in the last Good six point. months has been world changing. Like, do you want to go back to a world that does not treat a pandemic in the way that we are now where people are just running around doing, so do you want to still go back to a world where you got to fucking deal with police brutality again? You know, like, do you still want to go back to a world where like, you know, you're you're dealing with basically a, a president that's doesn't give a shit about the American people? We know that beforehand. But to see real time things that you thought, the you know, a tiny bit of empathy, a tiny bit of at least trying to show face and does absolutely nothing for the laughingstock of the whole fucking world. Do you want to go back to that kind of normal? Because I don't like this has been so draining. Like, I don't want to go through this again. You know, I don't want to go through, mm-hmm. you know, go back to a world that we have to do this again. I don't want to do this shit that we, you know, of course, you know, the our ancestors, they were dealing with the shit way longer than we have, but I don't want to go through 2014 again. I don't want to have to go through these fucking massive amount of protests. Like this is the time to, to, to take that action so we can we can do this shit, you know? So we can get it, mm-hmm. you know, not get it over with, but you know, we, we have to, this is our opportunity. I don't wanna fucking waste this opportunity that we gotta do this shit 10 years again when we could have made, you know, put the, applied that pressure during these years now. Because I feel like these are the years to do it.
1: Yeah. Nah, it's, um, you know, like, I guess on that note, like, you just look at the landscape, I mean, you know, obviously with what happened with George Floyd over there in Minneapolis, um, the continuing madness, like, it's just in response to the protests. Like, I feel like, you know, we've had insane amounts of police brutality. And then it's like, it's almost like they just literally don't understand how to just take off the gas. It's like, even to appease somebody, you know, you're, you know, I kind of like even liken like it to just relationships that somebody can have with a person or just people in general, like, you know, you hurt somebody's feeling, you know, just understanding that this world is, is like teamwork. Like for us to all survive on this planet is teamwork. So, you know, you know, you hurt the public's feeling, you know, you hurt, um, you know, the citizens of America's feelings, specifically um, Black people and people of color in general, you know, like, why tick up the police brutality? Like, why tick up the phys- physicality in general? Like, you know, why are they killing people? Like, why did Rayshard Brooks get killed in a Wendy's drive-thru, if I'm not mistaken? And then you got, like, in Manhattan Park, this body's showing up dead in, like, you know, Manhattan Park, just like I said, and then you got some shit going on in L.A. Like, you look at just the different situations just popping up across the country now, and it's, like, even more and more and more, um, you know, displays of police brutality. It's just like, yo, what the hell is going on? Like, I'm really at a point where I just don't even have faith for this shit to change. Because, like, what kind of change, you know, like, I I even think about what you just said, right? You're saying, Mm -hmm. like, how do we go back to normal? Like, how do we go back to normal after... Pretty much, what's happening right now is that the uh, citizens stood up and said, "Yo, you know, stop, stop beating us, stop killing us, stop like shooting us, stop all of that shit. Like, fuck it, we're tired." And the cops just said, "Beat us more." Like, that's literally what's happening. Like, the the establishment is just killing.
0: You said stop beating you. Yo, I'm gonna beat your ass. I you said stop you. I'm gonna beat your ass. Like, what? You're doing crazy. Like that. That's their response for even being criticized for it. It's to beat people up. It's it's just to
1: beat people up and, like, shoot people and make them lose their eyes, tear gassing women until they can't breathe and some of them are dying. Like, it's just, like, incredible. Like, when you just look at all the displays of just idiotic brutality that we see going on, like, you know, I guess I kind of just open that discussion, you know, to you or just everybody in general. It's just kind of like, you know, what? how do we even go back to normal? Like, what is truly going to be normal after we finish what's going on, like what is going to be the change? Because first, like, are we really like, are they really going to prosecute all the police officers that are complicit in violence right now? People are just, they're literally just openly brutalizing us and governments are just kind of like, Oh, well, you know, the protesters, I mean, you, you, like, you got Cuomo, Oh, you proved your point. So everybody should be home. You know, basically, so police officers don't got to get into clashes. Nah, like, fuck these police officers. Why are they sitting here brutalizing people? Like, why is that stuff openly okay? Like, these citizens aren't killing cops and getting, and then in, um... Or at least putting themselves in positions where cops feel they need to have to beat them or hurt them the way that they're doing. Like, this is just open displays of arrogance and saying, oh, because people are being smart asses, Bro, just because they're yelling in your face don't mean you got to hurt somebody. Like, How I just, is... I'm really...
0: <sighs> It's just How so have crazy, people bro? been like, brainwashed and, yes, brainwashed into believing that if you were to insult somebody, that is a good, solid ground for you to kill them. Because that's what's going on. These that's things, what's people going are probably saying, you know what? Fuck you, cop. I ain't taking out my ID. And so, people who are siding with the cops have said to them, yes, if you insult me, you deserve to die. That's literally what's die. happening. And so, we're, we're dealing with basically the most sensitive power-hungry individuals on the planet, people that are doling out all the fucking brutality and will do it again if you criticize them even in the slightest. That sounds like a fucking mm-hmm. problem, doesn't it? And if you had somebody in your life or knew somebody who was doing that shit, you know, you'd have a fucking problem. And so people mm-hmm. sitting here licking the fucking boots every damn day with this shit, not understanding that, listen, when they're done beating our asses, they're going to come for you too. And it's not going to be just about race. It's going to be about fucking pure power. That if you even mm-hmm. fucking talk back, period, they're gonna beat your ass because they got no one else, uh, no one else left to beat because they fucking arrested us for whatever and threw us in jail.
1: So, like, I th- I think people really have that whole situation fucked up. Like, they just, I, I I mean, even in with all due respect, it's even for the white people because we do see it. You know, it, it is a thing where they're like, oh, they say, oh, well, white people are getting killed by the cops too. Yeah. <laughs> We're we talking about everybody. Like, at the end of the day, we're talking about the inequality for black people. But at the end of the day, we're talking about stopping a machine that one day can take over everything. They already run everything to some degree. Or how about at this? this? End, at the end of the day? mm mm-hmm. I'm, no, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I no, no, love for you to interject there. Okay.
0: No. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, I actually, we hear what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So for like for those people that are saying, uh, you know, uh, well, white people are dying. This is a great time for y'all to come up and say, hey, listen, we want to join your ongoing protest mm-hmm. about police brutality because you know what, white people are also getting killed. You could have done that, mm-hmm. but instead, people are using it as a rhetoric by saying, well, white people killed. You don't see us riding. Well, that's not my fucking problem. That y'all licking the fucking boot. Boots. Exactly. Y'all looking boots. Right. If you're gonna say, well, white people are dying by police brutality too, why the fuck are you not out here? It's clear that mm-hmm. you really don't care about that because then y'all would be out here because y'all was out there when they told you, I'm sorry, you can't get your nails done, or I'm sorry, sir, you can't go to the gun store, or I'm sorry, you can't go to Outback Steakhouse with your family. And those people went to city hall with guns for that shit. But you're telling me, well, we're dying by the cops too, and y'all just sitting there twiddling the idol, uh with your fucking thumbs? Get the fuck out of here! Come on, y'all, y'all fuck know what out you're, of here. they know what they're doing. The, these retorting points that they're used to try to distract. You know, like if these people really cared, they wouldn't say this shit. They would not. Mm-hmm. They would be out there. But it's all fucking talk. It's in that these the, you know these these fucking talking points, and for the most part, these goddamn white people just love to exhaust you. You know, we keep trying to prove why we should exist, why we should, we should have a, a peaceful, you know, uh, society between us, and they're just fucking antagonizing. Hey, look, black lives matter. Don't all lives matter? God damn, dude. Like, we ain't talking about you right now. We
1: ain't talking about you right now. You know, I mean, like, what? y'all are
0: good. And just constantly, constantly interject, and just it's exhausting trying to constantly find new ways to say, listen, you know, we matter too. And people just be like, no, no, you don't. What are you mm-hmm. talking about? Why, why do you deserve that? So, Like, why do you even
1: deserve that? And then you get the people that will openly display against them talking about Black Lives Don't Matter or F him or, you know, you're against George Floyd. Or you, and then you'll have the people that are standing up for the Confederate flag talking about it's a part of our history. Like, what part of our history does that represent? That, res- that lives represents a matter, rebellion.
0: If all lives mattered, then you would be out here too because aren't Black Lives a part of all lives, Right you're saying, hey, these people saying yeah. black lives matter. Well, yeah, I think all lives matter. But, you know, they're talking about black. That's one of them. Okay, cool. Because mm-hmm. you don't see any other person doing lives matter. You, you know, we're the only ones because it's very clear that we don't to the rest of the fucking mm-hmm. world. So if all hey, lives matter, you crazy. would be out here too. Yeah. Hey, but yeah, that yeah, all yeah. lives that matter clearly don't include black people. They don't even include black people. It's so
1: crazy, actually, when you say that. Like, I'm really... I can't even believe I'm really... Like, I've never really looked at it like that, I guess. Like, you know, when they say that, I've always said, oh, well, it's just a stupid rebuttal, rebuttal that they like to say to, you know, people when they're talking specifically about black lives or all, all lives matter. All right, motherfucker, if my life matters, then why aren't you out here too? Well, all right, you're telling me that. Then come join us and march with us. Oh, no, because you don't care about black lives. That's what you're telling me. You don't care. You think that all lives matter, so... Because all lives matter, that you you don't that that what we're saying is invalidated, or that we, we shouldn't be marching for ourselves because we're being racist. Excuse me, yo, th- their their logic behind how they just form their opinions or. What they want to say in rebuttal to the protests and just what's going on—it's incredible. It's incredible. It stupid. They subconsciously
0: add a uh, "only Black Lives Matter," not understanding it's Black Lives Matter too. They keep adding that "only." They hear that, and you know what's funny? I honestly think—I'm sure I might get called some fucking somebody who's bugging out—but I honestly think that shit about them hearing Black Lives Matter. As a subconscious thing, because white people know they preach fucking white supremacy all day long. So if they hear somebody else, I feel like they default and automatically think, oh, these people must be talking about supremacy for their peoples, because that's what we would do. They're going to fucking genocide. Mm -hmm. That's what people believe. Oh, my God, the blacks, they're finally revolting. It's it's white genocide. They're they're, they're using their tactics to get through to us. You know, it's coming. That's what they believe. That's 100% what these fucking people believe. That you know, this is it's white genocide. That the b- black people are revolting. This stuff of diversity in the news, they think it's a fucking ploy. They think it's the media's against them. They think everybody's against them. That whiteness is being threatened to its very core. Just for for black people simply asking, can we sit at the table? Just a seat, please. Nothing more than hey, we want to be the fucking king of the table. Can we just get a fucking goddamn seat? And these white <clears throat> people are thinking everything is threatened. And you and it's as clear as day, they just think that anybody who gets another seat at the table must be coming for them. That's mm-hmm. when you look at what's going on all around, to me that's that's what it comes down to.
1: Yeah, no, nah, honestly, and that's spot on. Like they're just they're so like self-absorbed, they're so like threatened just by the possibility of somebody being on equal footing of them. Like they you know, they hate that. They hate like when people are on equal footing with them or you know, do just as well as them. like, And I just don't know why. And, you know, obviously, if the, the shoe don't fit, don't be offended. Like, I'm not talking, unfortunately, about every specific white person that I know. But for the general purpose of this, like, white people are just always generally threatened. Like, for whatever reason. They're easily threatened. They're always easily, you know, frightened by the threat of just being replaced or being, like, you know... I, I guess, like... I, I guess... I don't even want to say replaced because it's not really replaced, but being you know, put into the shadow or put to the side, not being the focal of attention when they're in the room. Like, and I just don't know why that is. Like, you know, we can all just like share it. Like we can all run with it for a little while. Like, and I'm sorry, like if, yo, know, if people, are the, people of color are the shit, then we're the shit. That's it. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how else to put it, you know, but we, we don't sit there and pick on anybody else or make anyone else feel excluded. That's never been what people of color are about. So, you know, it's just so crazy. The division comes from one, specific race like it's just crazy like when you think about it just one specific color type like they're the ones just like spewing hatred 90% of the time and I mean you know like you see obviously now like you know you've been seeing a lot of well actually I guess let me take that back though because I've been a lot you know from other you know different types of people hatred and it it is disgusting I'm not gonna lie like it's definitely definitely disgusting. I guess, did I, I don't even know if I got to talk about it that time. Remember that shit with the Dykeman? Did you see that shit? Yo, yeah. With the, oh, man. Oh, yeah. Dykeman went, went, Dyke Dyke went out
0: sad. Dykeman went out sad. Dykeman went out sad. We never, never even talked crazy. about that, bro.
1: Oh, man. Dykeman went out That shit out hurt bad. my feelings.
0: That's yeah, fucking nuts. that hurt my feelings. I'm like, yo, yeah. and I knew, I knew, I could have told you it was going to go like that. I just didn't want to believe the shit. Yeah, yo, that Damn, Yeah, yeah, That's, cra- that's it, really crazy. Oh, so, it's so deep, so
1: thorough. Yeah, people really hate with, themselves.
0: Y'all be walking around with nappy ass hair, talking about Poppy. I I know black. That's that's it. No, no, no. I I know black. That's <laughs> no. They from Africa. I, I know that's not me, Bobby. That's not me. That's that's <laughs> it's just crazy. Like.
1: Yeah, nah, it's crazy. So, like, I you know that shit, but I guess you know nothing ever surprises me, and you know, unfortunately, sometimes I do always feel, and you know, sometimes I'm forced to remember that. You know, sometimes you walk in the room, you always got to remember, man. Like, you're black. or uh, my black is different from a lot of people's black, and I always say that, like, you know, we we definitely experience like that def- different type of racial oppression because yeah. it comes from all races. It comes from every direction, every ethnic group, all nationalities like, you know, it, it's tough, man. But I don't know, man. We're going to find a way. Hopefully we're going to find yeah. a way because I know I did introduce this topic just kind of knowing on, you know, I'm losing faith in the the ability for us to stabilize this thing because how do we go back to, uh, like, you know, how do we go back to order or how do we go back yeah. to, okay, allowing cops to police the streets and things like that? Is it really to the point where we see what's going on in certain places? They're like... Suggesting new legislator in the form of like community led policing, disbanding actual police force—is that something that actually can happen? Do you think that's some shit that's like actually plausible? Do you think that is really true, or do you think people are just going to my fucking have to just you know kind of like all other subjects or all other topics that come up? You know, I, we're th- outraged.
0: It's been two I, weeks, well, two to three weeks, and then you know, we go back to normal. I really want to stress that it's just the beginning people think like all it takes is a week or two now nah, you got to keep going until you until you literally are they're like okay okay we will do all of this if you please fucking stop like it, it mm-hmm. has to get to the point where you're they're left with no option because you've disrupted everything to a point they cannot and again there's more of us than there ever will be of them mm-hmm. you know we, we could win the shit we just we have to constantly and continuously do this until it is done. And people think it's going to be, you know, a few weeks. Nah, man, we could be out here months, you know. They could be in fucking winter still protesting. If that's what it needs to be, then that's how it has to be. The Montgomery bus uh, boycott was like a year. They did not take a fucking bus for an entire year. Imagine that. Having the dedication <laughs> that, like, yo, this is, I don't know, nah, fuck y'all. Y'all told my my black ass get to the back of the bus. You know what, well, fuck y'all. I ain't taking y'all shit and got all the black people in the town and was like, nah, don't take that shit. And they did it yeah, for, yeah. for a year and plus. And they did it f- for a year plus, you know? And before that's the, the shit came, you know, before that's... simply, I'm sorry to cut you off, but simply just mm-hmm. for equality on the fucking <laughs> bus. So for police brutality, don't be surprised if we gotta be out here for more than a year. To to basically, we're trying to dismantle like uh one of the things that America's founded on. Like we're trying to go for the like the jugular right now and be like, yo, this needs to go. So Mm -hmm. don't be surprised if it has to be that way. But yeah,
1: no, I agree. I I really do have that sentiment as well, you know. And I'm I'm willing to make those sacrifices. I tell people all the time, you know. Boycotting certain um, transportation services, or boycott boycotting certain services in general. Maybe you know, choosing not to use Amazon for a specific prolonged period of time. Boycott and certain boycotting certain national holidays, doing things like that. I'm so into that idea because I'm telling you the kind of like just physical impact that would have, or fi- like I guess physical, literally as financial uh, impact that's going to have on the economy, or you know, in certain industries or certain stores, like, I'm telling you, the type of respect that we could command, at least in this day and age, because I, f- I really do feel like it can be different. Like, we, obviously, we don't have, um, like, I, I guess the word would be, like, you know, that secret society, wealth. you know, we don't have that shit. But, you know, there's enough black people, wealthy, extremely prominent figures, where that we can come together and really create some shit for our own. Or, yeah. you know, I'm not literally saying that you know, we're going to create some country that's going to be better than USA. You know, whether it's, you know, relocating to a certain town or knowing that this town that, you know, is known for prominent black people, they live there and, you know, they have their own, you know, types of, I don't want to say types of legislator, but they really just redefine, you know, a certain region or a certain zone or a certain town. And, you know, we all kind of flock there. And, you know, I don't know, in 20, you want to think in 2020 that, you know, we're not going to have another black Wall Street where they literally can just come destroy our town. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because we want to come and create something for our own and come and you know do something on our own and really try to have something that represents us, but you know, I, I don't know, man. I'm not like, I, I guess I, I don't let anything, I don't let anything pass my mind. Like, all right, you know, the government wouldn't do this, the government wouldn't do that, or they wouldn't savage us in this way, or it wouldn't savage us. us you got to be prepared like, for try to do that. You
0: know? Because mm-hmm. we're going, like I said, we're going for the jugular. You got to be prepared for all of that shit that might take place. Um, Mm -hmm. Speaking of that, I think it's a perfect segue to say the NBA is coming back. But after hearing about recent conversations between the players, you know, there are some concerns. And so I'll I'll Mm -hmm. say, you know, I agree with Kyrie. You know, as crazy as he is, I agree with Kyrie saying, listen, it feels like a distraction from everything going on. And I understand people who mm-hmm. want to play, but I could totally understand at the same time, like, you know, people are like, well, sports have always unified. us to stand the third. And I'm like, they've never unified. Yeah, you're all watching a common goal, but that doesn't mean at the end of the day, you're going to be cool with these people, you know? Just because black and mm-hmm. white people are sitting out of a game and they're like, yeah, I'm fans of the team. But the moment y'all step out <laughs> that arena, you know, and you've got to have a real conversation, that shit goes out the window. That's not unity. That's just bonding over something. Yeah, you and a racist could have the same fucking interests. That doesn't mean you got to be friends with the fucking Adolf Hitler because you and him both went to art school. So, you know, <laughs> like, that shit is never unified. So I can totally understand that it, it feels that way. So And so, and mm-hmm. I mean, you know, think about all the shit that we just discussed and then imagine watching the NBA and just being like, ah, you know, because people will feel like that. Like, all right, you know, of course, I'm not saying people just, you know, can't think about multiple things at once. I just feel like, of course, a good majority will just, you know, start to flock towards the NBA and forget about everything.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the situation, because, I, you know, I definitely understand where Kyrie's coming from. And I I almost halfway agree. I always find myself dancing kind of in the midway point. Like, I definitely agree with him that there's a lot of health concerns in general with reopening the country in general you know anybody going back to work any large gatherings of any kind you know if i was asymptomatic or if you know i had it and i got better you know whether or not you know i'm actually not sick or i can't get the virus again is there any chance that anybody that's you know had it can they still pass off like you know pathogens from it like you know what's what's really like the the down and gritty about coronavirus we don't really understand it yet. it's really in a we're talking about less than six months really like you know we we really don't know what's going on like obviously it was booming at the start of the end of last year and then kicking off into this year it really became a pandemic but like we're talking literally as early as the start of this year is kind of where it came from so we don't know much about it and we're talking okay it's summertime it's nice out you know a lot of people kind of just want to get back to business and get back to doing things as usual and you know you you do have to kind of just raise that eyebrow you know are they going to be able to test enough um the protocols with people being able to come and go you know to me that's pretty much a death sentence you're allowing people somebody's going to get sick when you do it like that you know it's one thing if you're bubble putting people truly in some form of a bubble where they're locked in for like whatever amount of days the season is going to be there. So whatever, 60 days, or 100 days, you go about three months without seeing your family. Y'all truly locked into, okay, we're going to sterilize this facility so that nobody can get sick, you know, trying to perform for the fans. And, you know, I don't think anybody, I don't know if they truly have that ironed out. Like, I, I don't know if they truly have intentions or that belief where it's like, okay, no, nobody's going to get sick. They're just praying that it's not going to be stars. They're not going to have to deal with that. Because they're even talking about, you know, if a player does get sick, hopefully they can sideline them for an X amount of time, and then they can come back and play. So, you know, they're trying to think about all situations and scenarios, but it's just like you start to think about it and listen to it in your life. Is any of this really realistic? I don't know. You know, and I guess that's for the the logistic team and the scientific, like, NBA research team. They're going to be the ones to kind of determine this. But when you go to LeBron's standpoint and you go to the other side of the NBA players that... Do want to provide and do want to get back to playing for whatever reasons they have, you know. I would like to think, you know. Obviously, LeBron has the financial ties to the game. I don't think he's making his money though from his season. You know what I'm saying? So I, I really do don't doubt. Yeah, it's a lot of money. That, you know, it's good. He's making that shit. Up. Yeah, he's good. Like I don't, I don't think he cares about whatever money he's gonna be getting month to month from playing the rest of this, uh, next two months out or whatever it would be. But, you know, I do understand the notion of, all right, when NBA players are playing basketball on TV or when they're able to do the post-game interviews or when they're able to do the pre-game interviews, things like that, they're able to literally make their loudest statements. You know what I'm saying? This is something that SportsCenter runs. It's something that ESPN is going to be running 24 by 7. All the news outlets are going to get it. The shit goes viral. They literally have their loudest or brightest broadcasting stage right then and there one being on TV. I want to believe that's why LeBron and Cole really, really want to get back on the floor because, you know, yeah, Kyrie's right that it is a distraction for us not to go back to play. And, you know, maybe that makes us all um, kind of have to just face the reality of what's going on. I understand that, Um but I guess, you know, I, I do understand the notion of, all right, the NBA players that are playing, they feel like they can make an even bigger statement by being on the stage. And it's not by actually playing the game. It just sucks because I guess you really do have only those moments, whether it's the, um, the interviews, the, the game interviews, the pressers mm-hmm. interviews, yeah. um, you know, anything like that. Those are the only areas where you're really going to be able to make those statements or or allow people to kind of see what side you're on as far as, you know, the political st- like situation in the world. So it's, it's really a touchy situation on both sides. I mean, as a fan, I definitely have to say, you know, I would want the season to come back. But, you know, socially, politically, you know, I- I'll be honest, a lot of things, even things like Kyrie's standpoint, a lot of um, different opinions that I've been just seeing around the world. You know, it's kind of even made me question like my job, you know, like my job right now, my corporation, they didn't make a statement. They got us all just working. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, how do y'all really feel? Y'all got us here. Y'all don't care about like nothing. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it is one of those things. It's a very, very touchy situation where people have to provide, but then you really are just ignoring reality. It almost feels like
0: it's tough. Yeah, it's, 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 it's again, everything about this year is just another thing that's unprecedented. Like trying to figure out, like you know, the the, the general feeling of doing this. You know, that this is an experiment. Everything we're doing at this point on is a fucking experiment. So the NBA trying to come back and saying, "Let's see how this works." This is a fucking experiment. That if you know, can sports can how what can thrive with everything going on? Like that's this is going to be a test. To like can people retain this while all of this is going on, for better or worse? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, who knows mm. what this could lead to? But just the even the act of saying like hey well we're gonna find out if this could work at this such a scale like all right we'll see if an, mm. a, an entire league of sports come back in the middle of four different horrible things going on and yeah there's been pretty terrible things but this is just like a shit storm <laughs> like if there's any mm. year that has been a shit storm, it's been this one mm. so We'll see. Yeah, I mean,
1: I'll be honest, though. If any league was going to do it, though, I would want it to be the NBA. Because I do think even somebody like Adam Silver, because I'm a big fan of his. I'm not going to lie. And I would, you know, like unfortunately, you know, they always tell you, you know, you don't it's ever overlook up to somebody or yeah. ever, like, you know, become a fan of somebody. But I don't yeah. know. Adam Silver has literally done a good job with a lot of the things he's handled. Oh, I, I really don't know. person, But
0: as an NBA yeah. uh, commissioner, he's he's doing a good job, mm. like at least trying to get. Yeah. And push stuff, you know? It doesn't feel stacked. Mm-hmm. Every year it feels like he's trying, like, all right, let's do this. For better or worse, yeah. you know? Like, the stupid-ass exactly. like, two-minute extra review that they could say the next day, oh, we fucked up. Um, that's kind of stupid. You should just have better. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> a
1: silly, that's a silly um, little feature they have. But I yeah. think it's just for the most part when you consider his, like... You know, like, he's going to let the players do what they want. He's always thinking players first. Like, he's not going to put anybody in a compromising situation, specifically not the players. I think he does think from their position even more than he thinks from the money sometimes. So, like, I I do trust the NBA to make the right decision, I guess, on this, as usual. Yeah. I guess as far as, though, you know, the players and, you know, Kyrie... I I just think, you know what? I want to hear from Kyrie, though. I, I do hope that Kyrie's not using this like he's not oper- like just turning this into a weapon. He's not weaponizing the situation to be spiteful, you know, to the league. And I, I you know, like, Kyrie has never, I guess, stroked me as that person because he really is like just a very socially, intellectually odd guy. Like he's very different from the rest of the players. Clearly, fucker, or think he wants to portray hot. himself that
0: he, he's yeah. Out. He's he's a he really out tries there, to.
1: You know? <laughs> he's a little out there. He tries to definitely portray himself that way. So. You know, when when you hear that statement from him, it would sound like something Kyrie wants to do. All of a sudden, you're the the devil's advocate to the situation. But, you know, I want to see you, all right, be very active about the situation. It's not about just about donating. Come up with solutions. If you don't trust the situation, all right, like, all right, how can we get your message across? All right, if we don't want to form a distraction, do you really, like, what? what do you want to see done before the NBA comes back? Because, you know, it is a thing to just... When you just say it like that, like, I, you know, we want to hear more. Because you you kind of just... I don't know. It comes off as you sh- like just shoving your your profession to the side. I, you know, it's very weird. It's it's touchy. It's touchy because I feel like, bro, Tenny, you sound like a dickhead right now. They're talking about life right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it really is one of those things where I truly understand both sides.
0: Right. Like, I, I you know, I have feelings about it, but at the same time, listen... Motherfuckers got to get they bread, you know? They got to put food on the uh, table, or some people feel listen by playing i can do more activism through what the money that i make like i know mm. uh, you know some people are like listen like i could get my check and be like boom i'm donating the milli to these corporations he's like i could actively start helping or supporting or get people bailed yeah. out or even you know investing it, yeah they're, they're or they're even the investors the make money behind the movements you know? you know like if they end up doing i don't know if they're doing post-game press conferences i don't know but speak on it if they want to say listen i'm i am in support of this boom 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 You know, I don't know. So there's also maybe value in that, you know, maybe value in saying, listen, we know you're watching basketball, but we're not going to let you forget that this shit is still going on. Like we're trying. This is our Mm -hmm. livelihood. You know, this is my job. And Yeah, it's a form of entertainment, but you're still going to know that while you're watching this and also for the majority of the NBA, like it that you have to have that you have to let those players say that message because that's your whole fucking playership. If the NBA had like a racist owner that simply was like, Y'all can't say no black lives matter shit, that'd be crazy because those are your players. Like your entire all the best players are black. Like the 80% of the NBA has to be black. So yeah. you not letting them have that platform would be fucking asinine. That's why it's asinine in the NFL. Like you're literally alienating the very people that you're employing for entertainment. That shit is damn near damn. slavery. When I when I see shit like that, I'm like, bro, this shit is just slavery. And I'm not trying to like. I understand there's a certain dynamic, but with that shit, sometimes when I'm here, like, yo, owner just told a black man, like, yo, you, I can't, you don't, you don't get to say shit about it if your life matters on that field. You better play. Shut up and play. That shit rubs me the wrong <laughs> fucking way. So, Cody. Um, so if yeah, the NBA has been you know very progressive in that way. So you know there might come some benefit from using that platform at that way. Um, but you mentioned opportunists, and so I know we kind of got into it a little bit last week on that, but I'm going to let you introduce this topic, and we'll get into it.
1: Mm. Um, Yeah, I mean, well, opportunism, there's definitely been a lot of opportunists that have kind of made their way out of the woodworks. You know, I'm, I'm not even going to at least call on any particular person or, you know, I guess like off head, I don't even want to specifically talk to any specific movement or anything like that, you know, because I'm not trying to single anybody out. I, I understand, you know, people's outrage, and I understand some of these movements that I'm that are coming up because, you know, they're very valid points. Um, the issues that they present, you know, appears to be very valid, and, um, you know, those things are definitely understandable. But, you know, I feel like for some reason right now, through all the outrage, you know, when you look at George Floyd, you know, Ahmaud Arbery, Rayshard Brooks, you know, Robert Fuehler, the list goes on, all the shit that's going on. But all these people that are losing their lives, you know, um, Breonna Taylor, black people, they're all being killed. And it's just like, you know, when you come up and tell me, oh, well, uh, you know, we understand this person's being killed and, you know, his black life matters or her black life matter. But, you know, let's not forget that these lives matter or this type of lives matter. Like, you know, why do people seem or at least feel the need to want to be opportunistic about, you know, taking some of the attention from the the protests or the from the outrage, from the riots, you know, from these murders, from these situations, you know, when all eyes should be on getting justice, not only for the people and for, for the lives lost, but for, you know, preventing future lives lost. Like, that's kind of just what we're focused on. We're focused on the police brutality in these situations, you know, defunding the police officers, you know, like, and just like, I guess, I don't know what the specific word I'm looking for here is, but to like, you know, make them non- not as physical, like, you know what I'm saying? The idea of, yo, look, we need to restrain somebody. It shouldn't be, let me ma- like fucking elbow smash you in your face and you know, knock you off. Like I was just watching this video. It showed up on my Twitter like like two weeks ago, not even two weeks, two days ago. And it was like, I think the Native American chief was hanging or something like that. He was a chief in some state and he literally got taken down by state troopers, bro. And when I tell you, like we're talking about like a Na- Native American chief, like we're talking like some actual official, like this yeah. is somebody that's important. Wherever he was at, bro, like they just literally like ran up to him. Obviously he's a person of color, you're black. So they just took him down like he was just anybody. Elbow smashed him in the face mad times. And you just seen the the graphic and the picture. It was extremely brutal. It was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, these people are just so brutal. They don't know how to, like, de-escalate a situation without, like, trying to kill somebody. Like, that's it. Like, their idea is, yo, we're going to beat the fuck out of you to get our (laughs) message across. And... You know, like, we need to laugh. To me, like, like
0: that's just so wild that we have to say. Yeah, it?
1: they they literally want to kick your ass. Like that idea, like that. I really believe. Like you know, you hear that shit in all the TV shows and all the movies, and and like they joke about it. Like right now, the show I'm like heavily watching. I, I guess I didn't even talk about that. Is The Wire. So I've been watching hell of The Wire. That's all I've been on, and you just literally hear the notion. You know, they're big on, I think it's uh, in West Baltimore, in the West District yeah. way. They always talk about it. Yo, like, they pick up, bl- like, black kids. They pick up, um, you know, gangsters or anything like that, and they just beat their ass. Like, that's really what they're about. Like, they say, yo, this is the Western way. Like, we just r- bring them off corners, and we're beating their ass. And, like, they're saying it with pride, but, like, you know these things are loosely based on reality like this is shit that they get from police this is what they see they do a lot of investigative work before they just go ahead and create these shows yeah. so like you it's know you're not gonna play me until yeah it's all cop propaganda like y'all gonna play me and say oh he's using some fucking show to uh, uh kind of validate or, or at least he's drawing parallels like because it is like they loosely base that shit based upon reality or real cops probably give them feedback to film that shit You know, like so that's yeah. I don't even want to go too off topic with that, but you know, when you bring that back to the notion of opportunism, you know, people are taken from the idea that are taking from the focus of police brutality. Like we're focused on this, so I just feel like people need to be a little bit more cognizant. And you know, that's just one way that I feel like people are being opportunistic. You know, obviously me being involved, like you know, hobby wise or at least on Twitter, and I'm looking at. I follow a lot of different people. I'm seeing. Certain people, I feel like heading movements or trying to do things that, you know, I just want to see a lot of like, I don't want receipts, I say, I just want to show you to show that you're seriously invested in black lives. You know, I guess I just want to kind of leave that there that way. I don't want to go too specific, but, you know, a lot of people, you know, they kind of have just showed up out of the woodworks and, you know, you want to believe it and under say like, okay like they're, they're a black person or they're a person of color or they care about people of color. Like, let's say if they're not a black person. So they really focus on Black Lives Matter. Like they really want, um, you know, to see the progression of just society, our generation in general, the millennial generation. You know, when we come through and we take over the mantle, we want to really like to pretty much deconstruct or dismantle the idea that, you know, people got to be racist or you got to hate somebody because of their skin color. You know, I I fuck with that idea and I fuck with that energy. Just, you know, continue to show your receipts. Continue to truly be about that work. Because just like you said, when the shit does start to get back to normal, I don't want to see these motherfuckers get back to normal. Because to me, it's going to be like they've used this movement and they use this to try and get on some type of wave or to gain notoriety. A lot of, unfortunately, I know Staten Island to be like that. And I guess I'm just going to kind of air it out that way. I know it to be like that. So I just don't. And it's not just Staten Island. This is happening throughout the country. Unfortunately, I can always speak to my bubble. I'm in a Staten Island bubble. I'm in the New York City bubble. Some people are using this as a way I feel like to get on. And I just, you know, I just want to say like, bro, like everybody is watching people right now. Everybody got to understand, like people are watching, they're seeing what you're doing. And, you know, it's it's not low. Like a lot of people have questions and it's just, you know, I I don't want to Pray for anybody's downfall, and that's definitely not what I'm doing. I'm hoping y'all are dead about what you are putting forth, but definitely don't use this as an opportunity to try and grow your own brands. To me, that's disgusting.
0: Yeah, stop co-opting the movement. If you're not out there for those reasons, for the reasons of Mm. actual wanting uh, social progress, please, like, don't do it. You know, like, Mm -hmm. that's not okay to to co-opt a movement for your own selfless purposes. Now, if you're somebody... You know, if you've taken pictures or whatever, so on and so forth, and you're just saying, listen, I I just want to document this time. Or if you're a black person, like, I want to document this time because creatively, that's how you express yourself. You take photos. Cool. Go ahead and do that. But if it becomes a thing where it's like, oh, um, hey, look at this photo. Oh, by the way, you know, a little, you know, 250 an hour, my rate. If you try to get some Mm -hmm. portraits and shit like that, there's that's that's really, really, really not the time at that moment. You know, yeah, like, like you, you know it comes off as really nasty, yeah, yeah, and there's more than one way to co-opt the movement. um, and for me, I want to touch on uh, a little bit of deviation of the topic, but a lot of this performative bullshit we're seeing from mm. corporations and the media, like
1: I was cut just the thinking, shit,
0: that. cut the shit. And then when these companies do this shit, you can see right through it. it's it's paper thin what they're doing. It means nothing. It does not help anyone. And it is just simply to to give themselves a pat on the back for the bare minimum and know that we can, uh, even though we might be, you know, slightly alienating our customer base, they've outweighed the fact or they know that black people buy their product more often than white people and maybe have made the decision to say we're going to support this because we know economically will be fine. You know, we're not. We're losing a percentage of our, our customer base and have made the note that it's not going to hurt us that much in the long run. And they don't give a shit about you. They give a shit about you as a metric or a consumer rather than actually giving a shit about your black light. So they do these performative paper-thin things, you know, like uh, corporations will tweet out, you know, stuff like Black Lives Matter, but then you won't hear shit. You know, hey, you know, we're standing in solidarity with you. You're not donating no funds or... You know, if the funds aren't going to the the right places, or you know, they're saying, uh, the, you know, Starbucks had to retract them not uh, not letting employees wear Black Lives Matter stuff. They had to retract that because they got backlash from it. And so sometimes these companies step out ahead of that because they know, like, listen, I see how some how it gets down. I'm gonna say this, so I, you know, I'm good. But all that shit is performative. They don't give a shit about you unless they're donating or backing it up or making significant change then fuck them fuck them i don't want to hear that mm-hmm. shit like this is the this bachelor nah, shit, we're gonna have our, our our first black bachelor who who's that helping what like what is that, that helping the police are gonna be like oh whoa there's a black dude on the bachelor. guess i gotta stop beating him that's not gonna happen <laughs> like come on crazy so all of this shit it's performative you know if they're not backing it up i, I don't care and they're not if they're not speaking yeah. the right things, you know, like shout out Ben and Jerry's, you know, they they throw their shit out there and they've they've been down with it for a while. And they break it down. They, you know, you could tell that at the very least, somebody in the company is doing their research and they're all like, Okay, cool. I don't know if it was who is it? What didn't one of them or both of them get arrested at a protest or some shit? See,
1: um, ben and Jerry's I think
0: people? so. Yeah, I think so. Let me see.
1: Let me um, see here. Let's see here. <laughs> yeah. They were arrested at the protest. I think in uh well, I don't know why this is showing me a Dominican Republic article.
0: <laughs> Yo, it is. It's Dominican showing me what today, USA Today. Yeah, you see it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they I arrested at the fact. protest. Yeah, co-founder Ben Cohen was arrested. Oh, oh, this is from a different one. He was arrested during F-35 protests? Well, oh, in 2016, oh, shit.
1: Did, so in ain't in been
0: 2018. About Dan, was, this thing was a protest in a military industrial complex? Oh, shit. Let me <laughs> find out. But yeah, um, but yeah. yeah so that, it, so if they out there, cool. You, you, that means we know you're at the very least putting in the work. But if you ain't putting in the work and you ain't backing up your company too, like your company's not reflecting this, like, because you know what's going to happen? They're going to, the companies are going to be like, you know what, we're going to start hiring more black people for diversity, inclusive, you know, and in our inclusive look. But if you're not, you know, if you're saying, if you're giving these people shit jobs, they're just saying we're going to hire them for whatever, but you're not giving them the appropriate channels, and they're still going to meet the same fucking issues in the workplace, then keep that shit. You giving someone else another job and have to be subjected to the same shit that they were before isn't going to help anybody. So keep it. Keep all that performative shit. I I don't want it. I don't want to see it. I hate it. It's, you know, please do not fall to this consumerism type shit. Like, they just, they don't care about you. Like, if they are not putting in that work, they give absolutely zero shit about you. And that goes for also... Trying to fucking say stop burning, corporate. You know, stop burning the Wendy's, stop burning the Walmart. Come, come on, man. These companies are not going to give right to a check because you stood up for them. Facts.
1: Stop, stop looking. They don't boots. give a fuck. Stop being boots. honest. Stop licking those boots, bruh. That's That's, that's the episode title right there. <laughs> yeah, nah. Stop licking boots, bruh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> oh goddamn! Um, lickers. Man, but, Shit. Yeah, but man, I guess off those bootleggers and onto, I guess our more lighthearted topics, man. You you seen? Uh, I don't know. I I know nothing about this person. I guess you know. I see transition her on here, but
0: TL, but I'm not not really though. Yeah, like you know,
1: she shows up on the TL because like people follow her, but I don't know this B Simone person. I don't know. She's definitely become like a center of like. Talking at least a talking topic over the past couple of days, yeah. You know, she went on a rant, you know, pretty much. I feel like shitting on the nine to five faithfuls, you know, niggas like me. Unfortunately, you feel me, like you know, people <laughs> that got jobs, and I guess I don't know, like we don't understand the idea of entrepreneurship. Why would, I don't know why would she say something like that? First off, all right, maybe maybe that's the gist of what I got from the clip that I saw because I'm not gonna lie, like. She was acting very performative in that clip. Like, I can't even take anybody serious when they're all screaming in the camera and smiling too much because it's kind of like, I know you don't talk to nobody like that. Like, stop acting mad weird for social. It It feels so strange. So, you know, she was doing all that extra shit and, you know, pretty much trying to tell People that, you know, if you work a nine to five that, you know, some, or that at least maybe she was speaking to her, but she was saying she can't, she doesn't have time for people with a nine to five. They don't understand the idea of at 3 a.m. you're up on the phone grinding. Oh, uh, yeah, I do, because I understand what it, you know, I'm a nine to five worker, but, you know, as a creator or somebody who likes to create things and is working on side things in general all the time, you understand what it means to
0: be up at 2, 3 a.m. working. Um, you know, Nine on to a, five a video I mean, project. I know what she's saying. She's yeah. saying salaried workers talking about you don't know what it's up to be three a.m. Yeah, what if you date somebody that works like fucking four a.m. to twelve a.m.? You don't think they know mm-hmm. about that shit? You know, like yeah, I, and I, you I, know, I think she was, I think she was talk, talking to that too. But you know what? Also,
1: I think she's talking to like she was saying dumb things like, I, and I think I actually remember her saying this specifically. But she was like, "Oh, you know, at three a.m., you might think that I'm up talking to somebody else or cheating, but now nah, I'm out. I'm up here working like." You know what I'm saying, like, and I'm like, uh, I mean, I guess, like, I don't know if that's actually a thing. Like, if it's you're not, up it's at three a.m., like you and you're a
0: problem with people you knew, because if you found exactly you found somebody that you know, or you know, if you find the right person, they're gonna understand. All right, listen, this is what the she's my, working. My, yeah she's doing, she's working. She told me that she's working. I trust her. I love her. Uh, I do this, that, and the third. You know, like I understand entrepreneurship and I'm not trying to come at her. I just I'm coming at the idea of that this entrepreneurship, you know, a lot of people use it as a a leg up and say I'm superior than people who are working nine to fives. Listen, I get it. People who have I'm going to be a nine to five motherfucker. I'm not built for no entrepreneurship. And I hate the nine to five. But I know I'm better going to be better at that than the entrepreneurship. And I'm not going to subject myself to do some shit. And maybe cause myself more stress than, you know, trying to be my own boss rather than just saying, listen, all right, I know for these 40 hours when I work, that's it, I'm done. When I go home, I don't got to do shit I don't want to do related to work, depending Mm -hmm. on the job I have. But if I work that (laughs) nine to five, that shit, when I leave the building, I forget all about it. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, that entrepreneurship is not for me. And that's not to say nine to fives are better. I, I you know, that, that's not a, a leg up to be superior. Great, you make more money or you were able to do this. Cool. Congratulations. You know, if that works out for you, fantastic. You know, but that doesn't work out for everybody. So you trying to assert your some superiority, but then you end up having a failing business, you look like a fucking dumbass.
1: Yeah. So now nah, I'm in total agreement. This, you know, I, I don't know why she even I don't know why she thought to open her mouth on that subject. Cause I feel like that that's a, a variance of that conversation definitely come up from time to time, you know, whether it's, oh, I can't date a guy that makes less than, or, or makes only 900 a week. I know that was a topic, like they were saying, you can't date somebody that makes, if a guy's only making 900 a week, they can't date him. Like a lot of girls were saying that, or, you know, there's a certain figure that, you know, they're not dating guys unless they make extra amount I mean, of money. Like and
0: 3600 you know. a month? How much is that? Yeah, it's
1: like 36. That's probably like 60. That's probably like a 60K job or something like that. I don't know. Like, to, you know, the girl, like the definition, and I'm not going to say specifically okay. girls because I don't know if that's just a girl statement. You know, obviously, guys have their idiotic, you know, definition of preferences, if you want to call it preferences, you know, their stipulations to date, you know what I mean? So, you know, a lot of people can have their their preferences, but I think at least specifically in this conversation, like, you know, telling, like, A nine to five guy can understand what it means also to be an entrepreneur, because I'm telling you, just like you be Simone that three years ago, because they were saying three years ago, she literally had a nine to five. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You were grinding at one point to do what you're doing now as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as somebody who kind of commands their own time and money. You know, like we're all doing that. At least most of us, you know, I know you just said it to yourself, you know, entrepreneurship isn't really you but i feel like you know you you are a creative to some degree cuz you create music you know what i mean you know what it means to not only do your professional work but you know you come home and you still got to set aside time to do something creatively and your creative work can turn into you know potential projects or potential income or potential you know x y and z it's not something you seek out but it's something that can happen so you you understand what it means to grind harder than you know just like like it's not your job, of course, like you said, but it's it, you understand that feeling, so it's not something that can be foreign to you. I don't know who she deals with that it, it it's a foreign concept to see somebody up late night working on something like it, it's not that's not something crazy. So I don't know. I, I guess it's just her. It's another uh, thing that somebody said for some reason that went viral. <laughs> yeah, fucking. Yeah, but I mean, shit. What else? What else really happened in uh, this crazy week? You know, Terry Crews obviously opened his dumbass oh mouth to talk about black supremacy. Something that's not even po- like don't even exist.
0: That's more. It don't exist.
1: It's not even possible. More Just Not even. Uh, I don't even know if that's a long. That's not even a long topic because Terry Terry has been about that bullshit. I don't even know how long it he's takes been doing it one that. Step too you far. Know. He does too much. What do you doing? What he did, he did Gabrielle, Gabrielle Union, right? He was at her? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, he was, was coming at her American neck for whatever reason. Or some shit. Because
0: he replaced yeah, her. Clown. And we oh, yeah, clown. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Because Gabrielle Union, she was talking about how, like, you know, there was, like, a lot of, essentially, racism. And, she knows she she felt uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? She felt uncomfortable and she was saying that she was calling out what it is. And he was saying, oh, well, you know, I never felt any way. Like, motherfucker, who asked you, bro? You always tap dancing for Massa, so like... Nobody told you that, you know, if, if if we do something without white people that that's black supremacy, what? What's that even like, nah, that means that either A, white people chose not to help or B, white people chose not to help. That's what that means if they literally don't show up because we're not telling white people not to help us out in this fight. We're telling them, hey, join us in the ranks. March with us. Black lives do matter. Scream it out and scream it proud because that shit is a fact. Like, you know what I'm saying? And we accept anybody who's about that business. Don't sit here and tell us that if we do it without them that that's black supremacy, it don't even make no fucking sense.
0: Yeah. He, He's yeah. He's constantly I mean, about the bullshit and like, come on, dude. Like, uh, what, are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? You yeah. <laughs> know? Yeah. Like, that's that's pretty much what you can say it that way. What I you, know. Dude, like, what, what is he, he even doing? Uh, You know, like, how we got to do this shit? (laughs) You know, we're wasting time with your dumb ass.
1: Nah, facts. Whatever. Then what else you got? You got uh, fucking... I don't even want to say this nigga's name, but unfortunately, Akon and Nicki Minaj have chose to work with this motherfucker again. And he's showing back up on my TL. This pedophile asshole ass... Like, man... I don't even talk crazy like that no more, but he just like, when I see his name and I see anything that show up with him, it's not even that. Like, I just hate what he represents to people. I don't even care about him. I just hate what he represents to the average person, whether my age or younger. I don't even want to say my age because I would hope anybody my age don't look up to somebody younger than them first off. And two, you know, like for the younger kids when they're saying things like, oh, well, look, he did what he did and he's still successful. Like, that—that that is a bad thing to me. Like, that really fucks with my mind because it's like, yo, you know, one day I might have a kid that sees that shit and, you know, just agrees, agrees with what he's saying. You know what I'm saying? That really can happen. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what kind of kid you're going to have one day where they're going to just have different opinions than you. They're going to have different beliefs. You know, it's very well possible that they might see something like that and think, you know, snitching isn't a thing or, you know, the street code isn't real. And, you know, it's not even about street code, but it's more about just the idea of, uh, you know, honoring your word and owning up to your actions and things like that. You know, why is he getting a pass? Why are these people working with him? You know, I just, I don't know why the culture seems to just be opening their arms back to this dude. Like, you know, I seen him on live. I didn't even go to his live but I was watching through a video and I'm looking at the live numbers and I'm like, wow, like this dude literally every single time he's on live is breaking records. Like he averages a million viewers. Like nobody, I like I'm not even gonna front, I don't even think Cardi and her prime was doing that. Like she was getting like two, 300,000 viewers I know and things like that. But this dude be averaging like a million viewers every time he goes live. I'm just like, shit. Like, I I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Um, Like just how we've gotten to just this is the state of in hip-hop. Like, these are the people that matter. He's one of the people that matters. But uh, I don't know. That's all I got on that one. That's
0: it. Yeah, I don't got shit on that. Fuck yeah, no, nobody want to talk it's about so that nigga. Yeah, fuck Hiring, you know? Like, I don't want to deal with that, you know? this Like, my brain is filled to the brim with shit to worry about. And so, like, mm-hmm. and I didn't give a shit about him before, but it's just like, like you said, like... People just dealing with him like, what are you doing? Like again, what are you doing? Like, is it really worth it? Or people just, yo, I fucking love six nine, yo. Like, what? like, just have the wrong values, obviously. But like, yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm like, you know, actually give a, give a shit about something because I know you don't give yeah. a shit. about something if this stick is your role model, I'm gonna be on hundred. Facts. Oh, you're you're probably just like him. You're probably some trolly motherfucker that never takes shit seriously. <laughs> Oh. yeah no nah, that's that's pretty much that my energy on that one
1: yeah is that up? is that it for us today oh uh, i think i think that's all i think we hit all our topics that's all on my docket you know yeah,
0: I'm, I'm clear so clear, clear. <laughs> all right then so episode 14 in the fucking books once again thank y'all for tuning in We hope y'all have a good week. And holy shit, I just looked at the date and got reminded. We are halfway through June. This is crazy. It's crazy,
1: man. The year is flying by, but at the same time, it it couldn't end fast enough, man. Yeah. Hopefully 2021 is going to be better. But, you know, I don't know. We said the same thing from 19 into 20. And literally that first month, we lost Kobe. So I don't even know. Zero
0: expectations. So but yeah thank y'all for tuning in um and we hope to see y'all in the next one